Welcome to church. It's always nice to be here with all of you to worship our God together. Now, regardless of how um, you may be feeling today, or whether there are 10,000 things on your mind, let us all bring praise to our God, who reigns on high, who upholds justice in His time, whose wisdom is impeccable. His love, He loves us like no other. His grace is ever abundant, and His word is fully trustworthy. And why do we know this? Because in Jesus Christ, God has revealed Himself to us in such a marvelous way. And He is worthy to be praised. So let's lift up our song of praise to Him today. So please stand and sing with us. Shine! 
Holy God, we join with all of heaven and all of creation to give you praise today. You are a good, wise, and sovereign God, and you have never changed since the beginning of time. Please shine your light into our world, into our church, into our lives, Lord, that we may have a clearer vision of who you are. And as we sing together, may we magnify your worth to those around us, that there may be joy in this place. In your son's name we pray. Amen.
every blessing tune my heart to sing thy grace streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise teach me some melodious sonnet some by flaming tongues of love is the mountain fixed upon it mount of thy Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. 
together too as we hear from his word in just a moment. Well, thank you for singing with us. Why don't you say hello to someone sitting around you before you have a seat. It's now time for scripture at Subi this year, 2024. And this is the third Sunday in 2024. We will be uh, selecting our verses from the book of Psalms. And for this month of January, it will be the very first line of this particular book. So if all of you are ready, let us all uh, read the word or just participate in it. Okay, Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Thank you, everyone. 
welcome everyone this Sunday, this Saturday evening to this service. Uh, we are glad that you are able to take the time to join us and we hope that you are blessed with the preparations for this service to honour God. Again, we'd like to remind you to use the Connect Cards to let us know how we can pray for you and to support you. And if you'd like to join a small group, become a member, serve, be baptised, or RSVP events, please use this and leave the completed Connect Cards in the box at the back of the auditorium. Alternatively, you may be able to access the Connect Card through the SUBI website electronically. Offering. This is an important part of our worship to God, and we give with joy and thanksgiving to God because of what He has done for us in Christ Jesus. Please allow me to pray for our offering. Heavenly Father, You have blessed us beyond measure. We can only return a fraction of what we owe You, and what we owe You is certainly beyond measure. But we ask you, Lord, that you will bless our offerings and help us to use them wisely in your service and all for your glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. Here are some upcoming events. There are two more sessions on Christianity Explained. One tomorrow, 21st January, and the other one, 28th January. From 12.15 to 1.15, with lunch provided. We are looking at the Gospel of Mark in this three-week course, and which shows us about Jesus and Christianity. The first session was well attended, and we love more people to attend. Please come for the remaining two sessions. There'll be a small group leaders training covering an overview of John. This will be held on Tuesday, 6th of February, 7 p.m. to 8.45 p.m. One of our church's focuses this year is to deepen our community by investing in the health and strength of our small groups. This will include quarterly small group leader training. And the first of these training sessions is on 6th of February. Please remember that date if you are interested. Grant Taylor, New Testament lecturer at Trinity Theological College, will give an overview of the book of John, which will we will be studying as a church. He will help us think through the key elements of this book so that we are better equipped to lead our small groups. Now, this invitation is also open to anyone who would like to attend, even, even if we are not a small group member. Now, and congratulations to Leon and Cleone O on the birth of their first child, George. George was born on 8th January, and the family is doing well. Please keep them in your prayers. Okay, this is an important announcement to note. An extraordinary general meeting will be held at 12.15pm on Sunday, 4th February, in the church auditorium. This EGM has been organised under Clause 23 Subclause 2A of our Constitution, which, which states, Extraordinary general meetings of the Church may be held upon written application to the Elders Board 
and signed by at least 10% of the total number of members. This application must state the nature of the business to be discussed. All notices of motion and accompanying documentation must be supplied to the membership 14 days prior to the meeting, and the meeting must be confined to business of which sufficient notice has been given. All this is in order, and we have targeted um, Sunday, 4th February for this EGM. All members are invited to attend this EGM where we will discuss matters of church business. If you are on our mailing list, please check your email inbox for details of the EGM agenda and motion proposed. There are printed copies of the agenda and motion available in the cubby hole by the auditorium doors. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. Thank you very much. And now Jenny will lead us in the congregation prayer. Good evening, church. It is now time for us to come before the Lord in prayer as we prepare our hearts to hear from God's word. So please join me as I lead us in prayer. Our Father in heaven, you are very great. You are clothed in majesty and splendor and you dwell in light unapproachable. And yet you have opened the way for us to draw near to you freely and with confidence. Lord Jesus, we praise your name. You are our great high priest who opened the way back to the Father by shedding your own blood and you continue to intercede for us. Oh God, we thank you for your presence among us. Thank you for the good attendances at the services before and during Christmas and at the Christmas lunch. Thank you for the attendance at Christianity Explained beyond what was expected and for the attendance at the first community coffee morning with people coming in off the street. Thank you for other outreach activities where the Holy Spirit's presence and power have been abundantly evident. We thank you for the Subi Youth Camp which is taking place this weekend. We pray that the high schoolers and youth leaders will be blessed by their time together. We especially lift up to you Carson as he begins in his position as youth director. We pray, O oh God, that in this camp you will bless and deepen the friendships of those who are there as brothers and sisters in Christ. We pray that their relationship with you will also be deepened and that each one of them will develop a personal faith and real understanding of who you are. May what they learn at the camp about Jesus be foundational, be stay with them for the rest of their lives. We ask, O oh God, that the Spirit 
may graciously continue to work in us and through us. And so we lift up to you the various ministries of this church. Please raise up leaders where they are needed. May the leaders seek you with all their heart. Please grant them your guidance and wisdom as they plan and prepare for the coming year. May they and all in this church live and work together in unity, love and respect for one another. And may the results be the salvation of many and the building up of all. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are with us always. May we grow in our trust and love for you because you are so trustworthy. And may we become more and more like you in thought, word and deed. Thank you for your grace and forgiveness when we fail. But may we grow, this year, may we grow in our obedience to you, our Lord. And now, Heavenly Father, today we have the privilege of hearing your word. May the Holy Spirit empower Pastor David as he preaches the word to us. May your word enlighten our minds and comfort, strengthen and refresh our hearts as we live in this world. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Good evening, church. We are Wen and Jen. Our scripture reading today is taken from Ecclesiastes 12. If you are able, I invite you to stand with me as we read from God's word. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Remember your creator in the days of your youth before the days of trouble come and the, the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain, when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, when the grinders cease because they are few and those looking through the windows grow dim, when the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades, when people rise up at the sound of birds but all their songs grow faint, when people are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets, when the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags itself along and, the de and desire is no longer no longer is stirred. Then people go to their eternal home and mourners go about the streets. Remember him before the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring and the wheel broken at the well, and the dust returns to the ground it came from and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Meaningless, Meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. Not only was the teacher wise, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. 
The words of the wise are like God's God goods. They are collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. Of making many books, there is no end, and much study wearies the body. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. You may now be seated. G'day church, great to be with you. Uh, for those watching online, so glad you could join us from wherever you are. Uh, a special warm welcome on behalf of the church to those of you who are new or visiting. I'm David, I'm one of the staff members here at the church. We hope that your time with us this evening is a blessed one. I'd like to show you an interview with the comedian and atheist Ricky Gervais. Please take a look. You have ruminated on death. You've got a long way to go yet, but um, what will death be like when it comes? Well, the best thing about death is you won't know about it. It's like being stupid. It's only painful for others. So I'm not bothered by it. I, I, I don't care about being dead. I worry about how I die. Yeah, sure. We, we do ponder the universe, and it always comes back to us. It always comes back to us, you know, why are we here? Why are we... Well, we just are. The chance of us being born, that sperm hitting that egg, is 400 trillion to one. We're not special, we're just lucky. And there's loads of reasons why you can say we're here. Um, and... Uh, it's, it's more what you do with it. It's to, to eat and drink and make friends and have fun. <laughs> this is the gospel according um, to uh, Ricky Gervais. What do so I care? Actually, you, you are bringing us a message of hope sometimes, I think, in your There's family. nothing we can do about it. We're going to die. Uh, Everyone we know is going to die. We're all going to be dead. Acceptance rather than hope, then, Yeah, you know, it's, look, that's it. It's like, it's, you know, yeah, parties don't last forever. They, you know, and nor should they. People would hate to live forever. They'd, they'd hate it. Uh, what did you think of what he had to say? The gospel according to Ricky Gervais. Uh, death is the end. Parties don't last forever. So eat, drink, make friends, have fun. Uh, in the book of Ecclesiastes, which we've been studying over the last three weeks, uh, the teacher also says that eating, drinking, making friends, having fun are good things for us to do, for us to enjoy. But what's different is that he acknowledges that they are gifts from God. Ricky Gervais doesn't do that. But the teacher says these things are only a small consolation in the scheme of things, if death is the end. As far as the teacher can tell, as he looks around the world, life is like a puff of smoke after you blow out a candle. It disappears forever. It's gone before you know it. And so he thinks, what's the point of it all? Why live in the fear of the Lord if both the wise and the foolish have the same futile end? Well, because every person will come before God in judgment. We just heard that. 
He knows that. But he doesn't know what happens after that. He doesn't know what happens to the righteous person after death. He doesn't know. And so that doesn't remove life's futility for him. Because the teacher was... Uh, he lived a thousand years before Christ. And at that point in God's plan of salvation, God had not yet revealed the mystery of the afterlife, the mystery of what happens to the righteous person after they die. And so the teacher's dilemma about the afterlife could not be resolved. He couldn't resolve it. Now, with the coming of Christ, we now know the mystery of the afterlife, don't we? And it is far more glorious than the teacher could ever have dreamed of. Not in his wildest dreams could he have imagined what would come through Christ. And what it means is that if you are a Christian, life is as far from being futile as it can possibly be. Why is that? Well, let's take a look together. We're in uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, and there are just two points in the talk today. And the first one is this. Life is like smoke and then you die. Right, nice cheery start. Nice cheery start. Well, let's explore that together. Inside every old person is a young person wondering what happened. Am I right? Yeah, I'm, we got nods at the back there. In chapter 12, as you, as you heard it read, the teacher is giving us his version of the aging process. Have a look with me. He says, Remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come, and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain. Growing old cannot be reversed. Doesn't matter how much anti-wrinkle cream that you apply, and I apply a lot, right? Doesn't matter how many green smoothies you drink, Old age, the teacher says, is a continuous, dreary, overcast and rainy day and the clouds never disperse. He says, the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop. You see, when you get old, you stoop over with arthritis and you start to tremble and shake with a tremor and some people will get Parkinson's disease and their tremor and shaking will be really bad. Uh, do you remember Muhammad Ali, the greatest boxer ever? He flew like a butterfly, he stung like a bee, but then he got stung by Parkinson's disease and old age, and he had to hold his coat to stop trembling. The grinders cease because they are few, which could be referring to the workers whose job it was to grind the flour, and now they are few because... They're falling off the perch one by one as they grow old and die. It could be referring to your teeth. Uh, when you get old, all your teeth fall out, right? And so the grinding ceases and you have to eat your dinner through a straw. 
those looking through the windows grow dim. When you get old, uh, when you get old your eyesight will go, right? Uh, you get cataracts, and it will be looking, it'll be like looking through really dirty windows. Back then, this could not be reversed with surgery, as it can easily be today, and so old age meant blindness. When the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades, you get to a point in your life where you'll say, I've had enough of life, I don't want to go on, I'm closing my doors to business. When men rise up at the sound of birds, but all their songs grow faint, as you get older, your hearing goes, right? You get deafer and deafer. I said your hearing goes at the back there, yeah? When you get older. <laughs> but ironically, you wake up early with the sound of the birds, which you can't hear, because when you get old, you wake up early, right? Because your weak bladder wakes you up or whatever other reason. When men are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets. See, when you get old, you'll be too weak to defend yourself, and so you'll be uh, too afraid of going out on the streets where you might be jostled and confronted. People can break into your house and you can't do anything about it. Your balance and your mobility will be shot and you'll be susceptible to falls, but you'll have osteoporosis and your bones will be brittle and they will break easily. When the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags himself along. When you get old, you get arthritis in your hips and your knees and your ankles and your toes and you drag yourself along. Your knees buckle, but your belt won't buckle because you get a gut uh, and you'll suffer from furniture disease, you know, when your chest falls into your drawers. <laughs> right? And just as the almond tree, the almond tree blossoms, I, don't, I had to look this up, but the almond tree goes white like this when it blossoms, right? And as I look down, I've got these white hairs coming out of my chest and out of my chin. That's what it's talking about. When you get old, your hair goes white if you have any left. And desire no longer is stirred. When you get old, your sexual drive bottoms out. Things stop functioning because some nerve is not working properly. And you and your spouse won't look like you did in your younger years, right? Uh, your skin will wrinkle like a prune and your idea of a good night will, will be playing bingo <laughs> in the nursing home. <laughs> then man goes to his eternal home and mourners go about the streets. There's no coming back from old age. It's a steady decline to the inevitable. Now these days the decline does get pushed back. 90, 90 years old is the new 80 years old. But, or is it the other way around? 80 years old is the new 90 years old. <laughs> no, 90 years old is the new 80 years old. But before you know it, you'll be lying in a nursing home with dementia, bed bound because you can't walk anymore, back to wearing nappies again. Then, after years of struggle, it'll be time for your funeral and you'll become fertilizer in the ground or ashes in the air. Remember him, yeah, sad, remember him before the silver cord is severed, the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring or the wheel broken at the well. Life in all its fragile beauty will shatter and break and come to an end. Getting old is like being born rich and then becoming poor. 
and the dust returns to the ground it came from, dust to dust, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. See, don't say, I'll think about God when I'm older. You won't. Many people think, oh, look, I'll turn to God, I'll have some fun in my early life, and then I'll turn to God when I'm older and I'll say sorry for those things that I did wrong. Life's not as tidy as that, is it? Not many people get the opportunity to die peacefully with all their faculties intact and have a deathbed conversion. No, the teacher says, remember your creator now. Who knows what life got in store for you, even tomorrow? In the blink of an eye, you'll be old, and it's impossible to deal with the issues of eternity when your mind is going or you're dosed up on morphine in hospital. The teacher looks at the aging process and he says, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. If life's just so short, you get older and then you die, meaningless. Now, if you remember last time we looked at the word meaningless, the Hebrew is hevel, it means smoke or vapor. See, when you blow out a candle, how long does the puff of smoke last? Not long. You can see it, you can smell it, it's real, but it disappears quickly. It comes and goes without a permanent impact or a lasting impression on the world. We're born, we live, we die, and it all happens so quickly. Like smoke, we're here for a moment, but then we disappear. What do we gain from toiling our whole life if this life is all there is? What do we have to show for it? See, when you put the entire story of the world together, your, your life is just like smoke. Within two generations, no one will remember you, even your family members. It'll be like you never existed. The teacher feels the burden of his mortality and he wants us to feel the burden of our mortality. Do you feel it? I feel it when I read this. People who are smoke but think they are granite are in for a terrible shock when they realize they are just smoke. But those who know they are smoke can respond to God in the right way. So the wise author, we had two, two Bibles readers there, which was really nicely done, because the first was the teacher speaking, and then the second was this wise author who put together the words of the teacher, and he has the last, he has the last say, the final word. We read, Not only was the teacher wise, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in, many, in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads. They're collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd, God. Now goads were staffs with sharp nails embedded in them. You see there at the end. And... Uh, they were used to poke and prod animals to keep them on course. So if the animal went left, it would, it would meet pain. If it went right, it would meet pain. If the animal stopped, it would meet pain. And so the animal would go the way that the handler wanted 
it to go. The teacher's words, in the same way, keep us on the right track in life by making us feel the burden of our mortality. He says, be warned, my son. This is the conventional way that a wise man speaks to his audience. You read the book of Proverbs, it's the same way. Wisdom is relational. Be warned of anything in addition to them. On making many books there is no end. And much study wearies the body, right? Year 12 students say, amen. Much study wearies the body. He's saying speculating on life without God's revelation... It's exhausting and it's dangerous. Just go to the philosophy section of any major library and you'll just see the endless number of books of speculative wisdom, of people speculating what life is about. But you, you can't find the truth without God revealing it. You'll never get it through speculation. He says, now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. He's saying everything we do, everything we do has meaning because God judges everything we do. God is like the ultimate CCTV camera, right? He sees everything. And one day he will bring everything hidden to light, and including everything that people think they're going to get away with. And so we should prepare to meet God. Wisdom is preparing for this end which we know is coming. I don't know if you're a type of person that has lots of kind of vivid dreams when you sleep. Uh, one of the common dreams that people have is the fear of not being prepared for something which uh, is really important, right? Like an, an interview or an exam. You ever had that dream? Yeah? Oh, no, I haven't had that one. Oh, when I, after year 12, uh, right after year 12, I had this recurring dream for a number of years that the next day was my year 12 maths exam and I had not studied for it and I'd wake up in a panic thinking, I'm going to fail, my future is down the drain, right? And you wake up in a sweat. There's coming a day that many people will discover they are not ready for. It's the most important event in their future, and it won't be a dream. Their life has been one long exercise in ignoring reality and what is coming towards them, death and judgment, even though they knew it was coming, and so the wise man in the teach, and the teacher in the book of Ecclesiastes, they bring us back to earth with a thud. Now I said in my last sermon that perhaps the teacher wrote his words at a time when he was living apart from God, which is why he saw life as futile. I don't actually think that's right. I think the teacher trusts in God. He knows that every person will come before God and be judged. But it still didn't relieve him his experience that life is futile. Why? Because he didn't know what happens after that, if anything at all. If life is all there is, then life is futile. He lived a thousand years before Christ. God had not yet revealed the details about what happens to the righteous person after death. 
The mystery of the afterlife was hidden from the teacher. And so he thinks life is futile. And it remained hidden until when? Until the coming of Christ. In the meantime, fearing God and keeping his commandments is what enabled him to live life or live with the futility of life without being overwhelmed by it. So he knew enough to live with the futility without being overwhelmed by it. But our relationship with God now is so much richer than what the teacher had. Our relationship with God now is so much richer. It is so much, so far beyond what he could ever have dreamed of. With the coming of Christ, we now know the mystery of the afterlife. And we, it is far more glorious than he could ever have dreamed. So let us look briefly as we finish with the hope that Christ brings. So the second point, to live is Christ, oh, to die is gain. To live is Christ, to die is gain. Now do you remember what Ricky Gervais said in his interview? He said a number of things. The gospel according to Ricky Gervais. He said, parties don't last forever. Remember when he said that? He said, nor should they. People would hate to live forever. They would hate it. Would they? I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate to live forever. It's what we were made for. And why shouldn't parties last forever? Who says they don't last forever? A heartbroken husband sat by the bed of his dying wife. Uh, these two had been missionaries for 15 years in North Korea, telling people about Jesus. That is not an easy thing to do. The wife said to her husband, Do not grieve for me, my love. You'll get me back. You'll get me back. Only a month passed, and the husband again sat by the bed watching his only child, a four-year-old boy, die of pneumonia. Again, the father's heart was crushed. But the little boy said, Don't cry, Daddy. Don't cry. You'll get me back. That's the promise we have as Christians. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life the one who believes in me will live even though they die. Right? With Jesus, the full story is not birth, life, death. The full story is birth, life, death, life. And Jesus proved it by raising Lazarus and then coming back from the dead himself. If you are searching, if you are despairing, come to Christ, the author of life. All people will live forever. It just depends where they will live. Jesus was very clear about that. He says in John, Those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. Everyone's going to live forever. It just depends where they're going to live. So Ricky Gervais is partly right. I would hate to live forever as well if it was apart from God. 
which is hell. But Christ's death and resurrection has saved me from hell. Amen? And it saved you from hell if you've put your trust in Christ. The Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 8, For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. Now this could be a quote right out of the book of Ecclesiastes, right? Although we are God's children, we are caught up in a fallen world. Have you noticed that? And so we have to endure all the hardship that comes with that. It's painful. It's frustrating. Christians are not immune from disease, from disaster, from death. But because of Christ's resurrection from the dead, the next verse, the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay. Christ's resurrection means that futility has been brought to an end. The teacher dreamed of that reality. In Ecclesiastes, the hope of a release from futility is clouded. He can't see a way out. But with the coming of Christ, the cloud is removed. The Apostle Paul says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. See, In Ecclesiastes, the teacher saw no gain toiling in life because it ends with death. But with the resurrection comes a new kind of work that is not futile. It is the work of the Lord. It is spreading the gospel. It is furthering God's kingdom. That is not futile. It's not in vain because the fruit of the gospel is eternal life for all those who receive it. Gospel work is an opportunity to invest in something that will last forever. You get an eternal return on your investment. It never perish or fade. In 2024, give yourself to this work. In whatever way that you're gifted in, give yourself to this work and your labor will not be in vain. And finally, uh, the Apostle Paul says, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Now, to die is gain. Who says that? Anyone you know say to die is gain? If you're suffering and you're in pain, you might consider dying to be a relief. But even then, you wouldn't consider it a gain, would you? To live is Christ and to die is gain is the opposite of what the world says. What does the world say? To live is self, to die is loss. Because the greatest thing I have is myself. And so if I die, I lose that which is the greatest thing. Why does Paul consider death gain? He's not dissatisfied with his life. Death for him is gain because he knows that he will get to be with Jesus. He will get to be with Jesus. Where every day in heaven is better than the one before it because you know Jesus that much better. To die is gain is why a Christian is invincible. So even if you kill me, I'm not defeated. I die and I receive the reward that I've been longing for my whole life anyway. I get to be with Jesus. You can't kill a Christian, you can only change his address. 
And death is not an interruption of life, but it's a deepening of it. Do you believe that? Death is not an interruption of life. It's a deepening of it. Because of Christ, living or dying is win-win. It's win-win. Our work is not in vain. To die is gain. The teacher in Ecclesiastes could only dream of that. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your revelation. We thank you that the mystery of the afterlife is no longer clouded, but with the coming of Christ, we have seen it, we can experience it right now. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, who is your perfect revelation in the flesh. We thank you that he has brought eternal life to anyone who puts their trust in you. If you're here this evening, if you're here today and you have not yet put your trust in Christ, don't put it off. You've heard what the teacher says. Remember the Lord in your youth. Remember him now. Who knows what life has in store for you? Who knows if you're going to be in a position in the future to be able to respond? Put your trust in him right now. Just call on him right now and say, Lord, I trust in you. Thank you for eternal life. For those of us who are going through tough times, we do live in a fallen world. We're caught up in that. There's no escaping that. It's painful. It's frustrating. But it's not futile. Because we have the promise of eternal life. And that eternal life begins the moment you put your trust in Christ. Eternal life is to know Jesus. I pray, Lord, for each person here today that we might know in our bones that to live is Christ and to die is gain. That we might be, you might get us to that point where we can say to live is Christ, to die is gain. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We've come now to a time of the Lord's Supper. All of, we, of what we've spoken about tonight, it's, all only, it's only possible because of what Christ has done on the cross. Amen? For us to have all this life that we've been speaking about, Christ had to give his life in order for us to find life. And he was prepared to do it because he loved us from before the beginning of time. Our life comes because Christ gave his life for us. Let us take a moment just to reflect on that truth. Father, we come before you right now. We confess our sins to you, those things we've done that have not pleased you, those things we've failed to do that have not pleased you. We confess them to you right now. We thank you that you sent your son, your precious and only son, to pay the penalty for our sins. We receive that forgiveness and we thank you that as far as the east is from the west, so far have you removed our sins from us. And we come, Lord, we take the bread, we take the cup, we participate once again by faith in what Christ has done. In Jesus' name, amen.
I'm going to invite you to stand. Uh, when the, help, the helpers are just coming down now. I'll invite the front rows to stand. Come and take of the cup, take of the bread. Hold on to them. We'll take them together in just a few moments. This is for those of us who call on the name of the Lord as our Saviour. If you're here tonight and you're not yet a Christian, but you've heard God speak to you this evening and you want to become a Christian, please let us know on your Connect card uh, or please come and see me afterwards. All people will live forever. It just depends where they will live. Jesus was very clear about that. His death and our acceptance of it means we will live with him forever. Life is in the blood, and because Christ shed his blood, we will live forever. Thank you, Jesus. my redeemer there is no more for heaven now to give he is my joy my righteousness and freedom as death us love my deep and boundless peace to this I hope my hope is only Jesus strange and divine I can sing all is mine yet not I but through Christ in me the night is dark but I am not forsaken for by the Savior, He will stay. I labor on in weakness and rejoicing, for in my need His power is displayed. To this I hope my shepherd will defend me through the To this I hold my sinners. 
If anyone would like some prayer, we'd love to pray with you down the front. Please don't leave this evening if uh, the Lord's been speaking to you. We'd love to pray with you. Just to finish with a quick announcement, you remember we had the Christmas appeal uh, over the last few weeks of December. We were supporting Reach Australia. And I just would like to thank all those that gave generously for this uh, appeal. Uh, and I would like to announce that uh, the amount that we raised was, drum roll, Drum roll. Yeah, nice. $21,059. And so just to let you know what that has achieved, on the next slide we can read through that. Two senior pastors to receive a year of coaching and training. Four church planting couples to receive support and training. Five women to receive training to step into ministry. Another seven pastors to receive extra support to care for their church and 12 churches to receive insights and recommendations on their church and local community to reach their community for Christ. So very practical uh, um, outcomes for your giving, and so I just want to thank you on behalf of the church for that. Let me finish with a benediction. Father in heaven, I do pray for every precious person here this evening that they would not see life as futile, that the cloud of futility would be removed from them, and that they would leave here with the hope of Christ eternal. Thank you that we are held in your hand for all time and beyond, for all eternity. And let us leave with that hope. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next week.